0: Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now let's join the service already in progress. All right, well, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. We're going to be reading out of the message translation, Isaiah 40, 25 through 31. And uh, this is God speaking to his people. He addresses them as Jacob and Israel. So for today, you're Jacob. Say, I'm Jacob. (laughs) Ladies, you can work it. You okay. (laughs) This is what God says. So who is like me? Who holds a candle to me? Says the holy. I love when God speaks about himself. It's just so good. (laughs) Look at the night skies. Who do you think made all of this? Who marches this army of stars out each night and counts them off, calls them each by name? So magnificent, so powerful. And some about what Kyle's playing in this verse, it just works, right? It just works. It's so magnificent, so powerful, never overlooked by a single one. Here we go, here we go. You thought it was all gonna be easy. Here we go, friends. Why would you ever complain, Oh, Jacob? Remember, I'm Jacob. You're Jacob. Why would you ever whine, Israel, saying that God has lost track of me? He doesn't care what happens to me. Don't you know anything? Haven't you been listening? God doesn't come and go. God lasts. He's the creator of all you can see or imagine. He doesn't get tired out, doesn't pause to catch his breath, and he knows everything inside and out. He energizes those who get tired. Gives fresh strength to dropouts. For even young people tire and drop out. Young folks in their prime stumble and fall. But those who wait upon God get fresh strength. They spread their wings and soar like eagles. They run and don't get tired. They walk and don't lag behind. Oh, I can tell you're ready today, and I'm ready too. I'm going to share with you a message called The Only Way to Walk. The Only Way to Walk. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your presence with us today. We ask that you would speak to us. We ask for revelation today. Because a word from you is all we need. So speak. We're listening. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I have a question, and I'm already kind of up against the wall asking this question because I know the people in the room who have reached the pinnacle of it, but have you ever completely physically exhausted yourself? Like, to the point of total physical exhaustion. Let me, okay, like, where you can remember, I couldn't do one more thing. Okay, I, it's hard to even compete with this because, you know, I've watched my wife go through 26 and a half hours of labor at home, and I realize I'm not on that level. <laughs> like... I'm not on, I've never, I've never exerted so much energy that a human came out. So uh, I I, I can't compete with that. Um, So shout out to all the moms in the room. Moms, you already win this story. We can't compete with you. But I have a story and I'm going to tell. We don't want to hear yours though, but I'll tell my story. I'll tell my story. One time, uh, I kind of was on a whim, Pastor Anthony and I, and Pastor Anthony, how many of y'all love Pastor Anthony? He's absolutely amazing. We love you, man. He's the best. Week in and week out, he serves this, this community and this family, always with encouragement. One of the most selfless guys I know, works so hard and has every excuse to say, you know what, I'm going to take a little time for myself, and you will never see someone more faithful than Pastor Anthony Canon and his beautiful wife, Pastor Monty. We love you guys so much. Canons are a blessing to us. So... Uh, I have the privilege of calling him friend and we get on these whims sometimes and one day we were like, bro, let's do CrossFit. <laughs> like, has anyone ever done CrossFit? I know you can't raise your hand physically because you've done CrossFit, so you literally can't raise your hand, but just kind of like grunt in my direction if that's you. Like CrossFit, if you don't know what it is, it's this strange combination of like um weightlifting, uh aerobics, Olympics. And torture like all in one strange thing and there are a lot of things we could probably do but i think if you looked at us you can you can guess crossfit isn't really one of them like maybe super fast clapping we got that like we're really encouraging people but crossfit dudes not in our wheelhouse so we show up at this this place for crossfit it's stupid Bit early in the morning, like really early, really early. We show up to the box, which is what it's called. It's not even a building. They can't even dignify it to call it a building. It's just a box. Welcome to the box. And this guy walks up, the the, the coach. He's like, "Hey guys!" And he could tell we were new, most certainly because I had like a sweatband and the water bottle my wife made for me with the oranges in it. Like, certainly it gave it away. <laughs> so, I'm ready to do CrossFit. And we get in, he's like, all right, we're gonna start with a warm up. We start with five minutes of jump rope. Okay, my friends, has anyone done jump rope for like extras? I'm not talking playground stuff here, I'm talking Rocky Balboa, like jump rope. Okay, and this is an entry level. He's like, double, single, double, double. <laughs> I'm, I'm dying. Like, it is exhausting me. And I have good stamina, but I, this is just really out of my wheelhouse. So we're doing it, and I hear him say to one of the people, all right, this is the warm-up. And I say, huh? If this is the warm-up, I'll be dead by the stretch. Like, I won't make it through this. And so I start to pace myself. Like, I'm not really doing them. Like, I'm just kind of, like, stepping over the rope, you know. And I look over, and Pastor Anthony's. And I was like, whoa, I mean, he's former military. Maybe it's just in him. Maybe it's like you never forget. I don't know. So I'm like, bro, bro, you realize this is just a warm-up. He's like, I got this. And I look up on the board, and the workout is there, like what we're gonna do. And it's like this horrible circuit. It's like 25 push-ups, 30 pull-ups, 20 box jumps, 10 deadlifts. And it's like, and and it said at the bottom of all of that, 20 times. I I can't even do that math much less do pull-ups to reflect it. And so I realized very quickly how this is gonna go. If I don't fake it through this, I will not make it through this. So where where he wanted 20 pull-ups, I did maybe one. Cause in my head I'm like, if we're coming back here 20 times, that's 20 pull-ups, like I'm okay. Pastor Anthony, if there's anything he is, it's all in. And he's just going for it. And we're getting through the first circuit, and I'm like, Bro, are you good? And he's like, I'm good. And then I, I start up doing my thing, my fake push ups. And then I, I look back, and the coach comes over to Pastor Anthony. He's like, Bro, you good? And Pastor Anthony's still saying he's good. I'm <laughs> sorry. I can't, every time I tell this story, I break because I can see his face in my head. His eyes were closing. He's going, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good, and his, his push-ups were like T-Rex arms, like he was on his knees, like, I'm good, but so committed, that's what I love about him, so committed, but I'm good, and like his mountain climbers, he was just like doing this, and just, he got smaller and smaller, like, on the floor, and he was just in a ball, and the guy was like, take a break, you're gonna pass out, take a break needless to say, uh, we didn't finish the workout. Much more needless to say, we never went back to CrossFit. So if you're looking for 19 unused Groupons, holler at your boy. So so we never went back. But uh, I think of what it feels like to feel so exhausted that you just can't do it anymore. And when I, I look back in my life, I think of different seasons where in my life, my soul, my, my energy, my motivation, I kind of hit rock bottom. I ran out of steam. Has anyone ever burnt out? Just like ran out of steam. Man, when we look at 2018, when I look ahead, first of all, are you excited about 2018? We need some optimism. We should look at this year with faith. Let the first words of your year be words of praise and words of faith. This does not have to be another one like the other ones. This can be the year where miracles happen, where doors open, where provision comes, where the miraculous breaks through, and not just for your enjoyment. I'm talking you're going to get stretched more than you've ever been stretched, used more than you've ever been used for the purpose of God's kingdom. See, you were clapping about the promises, now you're like, don't talk about stretching. Come on, let's be more like Jesus this year than we've ever been. I think this is a year that we're going to remember for our lives. I just, I I sense it so strongly. But as I look at this year, I don't want seasons of burnout, man. I don't want to faint. I don't want to have these moments where I fall apart. And if I can see that habit in my life, what do I do right now to prevent that cycle from continuing? Because hear me well, I do not believe it is God's design for you to grow weary and faint in this race. I just do not think it's his plan for you to pass out in the middle of this race. I believe his destiny, his design is for you to hit a stride and for you to keep that stride and for you to run and not grow weary. Weariness is not your default. You're meant to have his grace and his strength upon your life. So what do we have to do now to have a race that looks like that? That's what we're going to talk about again. So as we look at the first part of this verse, We see God speaking about how grand he is, how great he is. Who holds a candle to me? Who could even compare? Who holds the stars in the sky? Who marches that army out each night? Who can name them? Man, God is good. God, can we agree on that? God is good. Okay. That's like the most base level preacher request. Like God is great. Amen. Yeah, okay. At least we can agree on that. We know God is great. We know God is good. We know he's powerful, but here's what I think this verse points out. He lists all his grand and incredible attributes. And then he says, so why would you ever complain? I think what God's asking is, do you really believe in how great I am? Do you really believe in how big I am? I think our problem is not whether or not we believe. I think it's that we believe halfway. I believe God's big. I believe he's powerful. I just have trouble believing it from my situation. Am I in the right church? Are we we talking here? Because I'm I'm talking from my life. I believe God's good. It's just hard for me to believe that from my circumstance because my circumstance isn't good. Have you ever had the faith to pray for someone else's situation? Like you've been a church saint for 40 years. You know all the words. You speak in King James all of a sudden. And then when you go to pray for yourself, you're like, uh... I believe it halfway, I believe it for you, but when it comes to me, I struggle. I believe he can hold the universe up, he keeps the universe from falling apart, but I have have trouble believing that he'll keep my life from falling apart. Church, do you believe he's big and great or not? Because if we believe he's upholding the stars, we have to believe that he's upholding our lives. If we if we believe that he can sustain life itself, we have to believe he can sustain our lives. We have to stop believing halfway. You have to make a decision about the convictions in your life. And if you believe God is good, you better believe God is good all the time. I think that there's more to that phrase than just a church cliche. We're not just saying God is good all the time. Certainly we know he's God He's good all the time. But really, maybe what we're telling ourselves is God is good, and I believe it all the time. When things are good, when things are bad, I still believe God is good. God is good, and how often do I believe it? All the time. When I feel it and when I don't. We have to make a decision about the conviction that we hold. Because if we believe it all the way, how could we ever complain? How could we ever complain that he's forgotten us? God, my situation's so hard. Man, I'm just going through so much right now. Pray for me, pray for me. I'm not saying it's bad to ask people to pray for you. Please do that. But you pray for you too. When you're like, I just can't I don't even know the words to pray. You better find them. Because God is the same as he was a week ago when things were good. And you have to learn how to hold on to him the same in the good and in the bad. And you have to learn how to run to him and, and, and hold fast to your conviction. How can you complain that he's forgotten you? How can you complain that he's left you? If you believe it, believe it all the way. Because it's not in the plan. It's not in your design to run out of strength. It's not in your design to run out of energy. You're made to hit your stride. You're made to run with energy. And so this verse says, to renew your strength, you wait on the Lord. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Good to see you, Rich. Hey, man. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. What do you think that word means, wait? Wait? When I think of wait, I think of probably what I do anytime I'm waiting for something. I sit down, cross my legs, take out my phone, and, like, waste 15 minutes, you know? Like, so I have to wait for something. It's not at all the imagery that this word paints. It's not a passive word. The word in Hebrew is "Kava," which doesn't mean to sit down, to stop. Do you know what this word means? It means to look for. They that look for the Lord will renew their strength. It's not a passive word, it's an active word. They that look for, kava also means hope for, kava also means expect. They that expect God. The same way that a, a mother is expecting a child, what does an expectant mother do? Does she sit down and do nothing? No. She gets everything ready, she creates the space, she starts nesting, she makes room. And the same way that a mother expects a baby and gets everything ready for that baby's arrival, they that expect God and make everything ready and give extra effort and create the space for him to move, They will renew their strength. We expect God to arrive. I look for God to arrive. The same way that my wife, if I lose something, she says, oh, we're going to find it. And She turns up everything in the house, and she'll expend extra energy looking for what's missing because she knows when she finds it, she founds all she's needed. In the same way, when I'm looking for God, I'll give extra energy if I need to because all I need to see is his face. All I need to see is his hand. All I need to see is his goodness. And they that look for God will renew their strength. Why? Because when you seek him, you will surely find him. And when you find him, you got everything you need, my friend. So we don't wait for God like this. They that wait on the Lord renew their strength. No, it's they that wait on the Lord. They that wait. They that wait. They that wait. They that wait. They that say, let's go. I'm going to find God. I'm going to not stop till I see his goodness. They that wait on the Lord. They that look for the Lord. They that search for him. They that look for him. And we lose our strength when we look for the wrong things. So the question, if you're getting tired, if you're getting burnout, if you're feeling confused or lost or numb, the tough question today is what am I looking for? What have I been looking for? What are you looking for in your marriage? Are you looking for your own happiness? What are you looking for in your career? Are you looking for just results? What are you looking for in serving at church recognition? They're all things that we're all motivated by. But if you're looking for only that, you're going to lose your strength because you're always going to be chasing. It's never going to be enough. You'll lose your strength if you're looking for the wrong things. The way you find your strength is to look for God. Look for God. Look for God in your marriage. Look for God in your serving. Look for God in your business. Look for his hand. Look for his purpose. Look for his heart. And that's what adds so much meaning to what you do if your marriage is difficult and you say I just wish I was happy I wish I felt something it's not about that it's about you seeing an opportunity to reflect the love of Jesus and you're like this person doesn't deserve it that's the best situation to be in because we don't deserve the love of Jesus and when someone doesn't deserve it it's the primary opportunity to be Jesus in that relationship when I see a job that frustrates me and I don't want to be there instead of looking at the work look at the workers maybe God puts you there to be a light in darkness your coworkers' family is sick and they need a believer in their life look for God in your situation you're in a school you don't understand you're around people you don't know stop looking for something to benefit you and look for God in the situation because when you see God you find strength they that look for the Lord they that wait for the Lord renew their strength they renew their strength he's always there he's always there so why would you complain oh Jacob why would you complain oh Israel it's the moment you believe that you're on your own that's the first symptom of burnout You're about 10 paces away from burning out. How I know? Because my whole life has that in it. I'm like the king of it. I've been through it, got the (laughs) t-shirt. Like I know burnout back and forth. I know when it comes knocking at my door. And I know the bad decisions that lead up to it. Number one, believe you're doing it on your own. There's almost like a high that comes with it. Like 10 paces before burnout, there's actually like this burst of energy. Like, fine, I don't need anybody. I don't need them to thank me. I don't need anyone to like me. I'll do this myself. And you kind of start doing things on your own. Friend, 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 your loved ones better be ready because you're about to collapse. 10 paces out from that independent decision, you're gonna burn out because you are never alone. And if you think you're doing this by power, if you think you're doing this by might, you got it wrong. The Lord says it's not by power, it's not by might, it's by my spirit, says the Lord. You're not running this race on your strength. You have to realize every step is in Jesus. And friend, if you think you're doing this on your own, get over yourself. Jesus has been with you every step of the way. It's not been your strength, it's been his strength. So acknowledge his ways in all your paths and he'll direct you. We can't be that independent person. You have to learn to see Jesus, see God in your situation. Look for God in your marriage. Look for God in your serving. Look for God in your work. Look for God in your family. And if you seek Him, you'll find Him. I want to come back to this idea for a moment, but the end of the scripture has a thought that I want to share. Hope you can stay with me because we'll come back to this idea of looking for God. But it says that they will mount up on wings as eagles, they will run and not grow weary, they will walk and not lag behind. It's kind of an interesting order, right? The writer uses a tool called anticlimax. It should say, if you're following with me, they will walk and then run and then fly, right? Like, that seems more exciting. That would make a great movie, right? But as it stands currently, the movie is part one, soaring. Part two, sprinting. Part three, strolling. <laughs> I mean, uh, part three was so boring. <laughs> Why is the end result walking? Like, don't you think us flying would be the goal? Why does this verse lean toward all of my strength results in me walking? What, why, do I, why do I lean toward walking? What's the point in the scripture, the end result of walking? I think that there's something there. And I think it's, it's also so often the end result for a lot of what our lives want to be. Throughout scripture, walking is a posture and an activity reserved only for royalty, for authority. You've heard many times uh, in the story of the prodigal how, how when the father ran out, it was so uh, countercultural. Because men with authority walk everywhere. You don't walk unless you've earned the walk. Have you ever? Seen, this is so hard to preach because it's a mental picture. But have you ever just seen someone walking their walk? Just like living in their sweet spot. Living in their anointing. Maybe it's a businessman who just, he's graced to, to do what he does. Or it's someone who is a graced parent. And the way they, they raise their children is just incredible. Or a worshiper, a worship leader, a musician. Pastor Jeff with a guitar in his hand. If you talk about someone walking a walk. Like, my Lord. Pastor Janice, I don't even think she walks her walk. I think she floats her float because she just like, she just glides. There's just certain people you look and you say, there it is. Walking in authority. Paul says it this way, walk worthy of your calling. It's an effortlessness and an ease and a grace and a posture to the life you're created to live. But you don't just wake up one day and decide to walk your walk. If you could, we would all just do it. But very few people ever walk their walk, right? Few people ever get there. And I think the reason that walking is the end of this verse is because it requires a lifestyle of decisions that lead to walking. You can't walk until you've done something else first. The first thing, mount up on wings and fly. Paul says it this way, be in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Before I can ever walk in authority on earth, I have to have an understanding that my authority comes from Jesus and Jesus alone, that my spirit is centered in him, that I'm not pursuing anyone or anything else, but that I'm in heavenly places with Jesus and that my life is there first. My spiritual life is what causes my natural life to transform. And then I run in my soul and in my heart, I run toward the mark. This is all Paul's language. I think that he's kind of making some points here in the New Testament. He says, first you're in heavenly places, then you run toward the mark, which is Christ Jesus. What am I chasing? Every day I'm chasing Jesus first and Jesus only, always. I'm not chasing recognition, I'm not chasing results, I'm not chasing profit, I'm not chasing the attention of others, I'm chasing Jesus first and Jesus only. And my heart is set on Jesus, so I'm running that race. And then, when your spirit is flying and your heart is running, your life is walking. It's the byproduct. Your authority, your grace to do what you do, whatever it is, your business, your family, your decisions, you walk in authority. The only way to walk is to fly and run first. And someone sees you and says, wow, they got it all together. Look at you. Walk in your walk. You can say, You have no idea what it costs to walk my walk. (laughs) You have no idea. I'm not better than anybody. You have no idea what it costs to walk my walk. Before I ever took one step in this walk, I had to stretch my wings and fly. I had to change attitudes, change my worldview, elevate myself, push through. I had to break laws. What laws? I had to break the law. Gravity, I had to break the law. Physics, I had to break every mentality in my mind to be seated in heavenly places. I had to change my negative thinking. I had to change the wounds that were given to me in my life. I had to mount up my wings and soar to heavenly places. And they're like, oh, look at you walking your walk. You have no idea that I'm running a marathon behind this walk a race and every day I'm pressing toward Jesus I'm not strategizing on ways to be a better person I'm strategizing on ways to reach Jesus faster so you might see a walk but I'm running a race and I'm flying a flight that you cannot understand so yeah the only way to walk is to run and fly first we make a decision we make a decision before the lifestyle the lifestyle just follows suit so if you want to walk in authority Fly and run first. But if you, if you need strength, which we all do to do that, you have to learn how to see God. See God in your circumstance. Real question. Can you see God in your circumstance right now? Right now. I did this in, in first service, and I loved the response, and feel free to respond honestly, however you want. Is anyone going through what feels like the worst time in your life right now? Okay, glad you're here. First of all, I'm so glad you're here. I have been in church in the worst times in my life, and let me tell you, there is no better place you can be. If you only had the energy to make one decision, the fact that you decided to come today, God bless you for it. We're with you. We're surrounding you. Thank you. Thank you. You're sowing seed today that you will see fruit for one day, I assure you. Can you see God in this? Why would you complain, O Jacob? Why would you whine, O Israel? Are we missing God? Because when you look for him, you find the strength you need. How many people were here last week for Pastor Gary's sermon? Okay, good. I'm glad you were here. Um, You're gonna hear a little bit again. I almost just re-preached the whole thing. Like seriously, that's how good it was. And if you didn't hear it, please go on City of Life's Facebook. Listen to Deconstructed Miracle. It's one of the most amazing messages. I wanna recap it and then kind of Piggyback off of it. He told the story of the Old Testament a widow who was starving a famine, her and her son, they were gonna die, and the prophet came up, and she just, you know, she had just a few things, and she was gonna starve and die. And the prophet said, Woman, make me a cake. (laughs) I tried that verse on my wife this week, it did not work so well. (laughs) Woman, make me a cake. And this widow is starving a famine, she's gonna die, her and her son and she says to him in her in this worst situation of her life she says i can't i only have a little oil and a little flour and pastor gary said this do we realize what's in our hands what does she need to make a cake a little oil and a little flour she held in her hands A deconstructed miracle. She had the ingredients she needed to create the miraculous, but she couldn't see the miracle. She only saw her circumstance. And so I hope you can really stretch this out with me. How often in life do we look for a miracle? and overlook the fact that we are holding the ingredients for that miracle that God has given us what we need to construct the miracle that we are part of the process do you realize he's loved you enough to let you be part of the miraculous from the beginning of time God has allowed man to be a part of the miraculous you're part of the miracle because oil and flour they don't make cake on their own but oil plus flour plus a baker who has the vision to see the cake the Energy to create the cake baker plus oil plus flour equals cake God wants you to be part of the equation of the miraculous and so you look at your life and you only see these ingredients that are kind of scattered all over and you wonder God when will the miraculous ever happen and he's given you everything you need to construct the miraculous but here's the problem somewhere some way church people started to believe that God makes cake and so what do we do we pray and 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 we we bargain and we deal and we cry and we say, oh God, if you would just make this cake, if you would just make this cake, I'll serve you forever. If you would just make this cake, I'll trust in you. People would see you're real if you'd make this cake. I believe for you to make this cake for 10 years. I'm not going to stop asking. I'm persistent. Make this cake, make this cake, make this cake. And all along, God is saying, I don't make cake. I gave you oil. I gave you flour. And I gave you vision to construct the miraculous. You make the cake. You're part of the miracle. Construct the miraculous. It's your authority. It's your divine right. You make the cake. You make the cake. And so... We lose strength because we're looking for God in cake. We think he comes nicely decorated with a cherry on top, but the man of faith and the woman of faith doesn't look for God in cake with a cherry on top. He sees a jar with that much oil in it. He says, oh, that's God right there. He sees flour just like that much. He says, I see God. The God of the universe is in a drop of oil because you give me a little bit of opportunity. You give me a little bit of possibility and I will construct the miraculous, not by power, not by might, But by my spirit says the Lord when you begin to construct the miraculous that's when God works so can you see God in your circumstance can you see God in the oil and in the flower of your life if all you have is ingredients what can you make you ask for a multi-million dollar idea God will never give an idea like that. He's going to give you a multi-million dollar problem and a brain to construct the idea with. Stop looking for results. Start looking for opportunities. Because God is in the opportunity. And when you construct the miraculous, you begin to see Him. And as you're running your race, hitting your stride, you say, oh, I see Him. I renew my strength. Oh, I see Him. There it is. Okay, that didn't work the way that I thought it was, but I'm looking for God. I'm looking for God. And you keep going and you'll renew your strength. Interesting word there. Notice how it says renew your strength. Now receive. This ain't the first time you're getting this strength. It's not the beginning of your race. We're talking mid-race, second-wind, fresh-air kind of renewal. That in the doing, you don't get strength by sitting still. You get strength by running your race and seeing God all along the way. And you hit your stride and you realize, I'm not tired. I'm not fainting. I'm not growing weary. It's because I'm not looking for the wrong things anymore. I'm keeping my eyes on Jesus first and Jesus always. And I am being a con of the miraculous and so church as you begin to face this year look for God in everything look for him in everything and if all you have is oil and flour you've got everything you need because you are an ingredient you are the secret ingredient you are the secret weapon Because when you get into a situation filled with the Spirit of God, you can construct the miraculous. So if you're facing big decisions, you don't need more information. You just need to see God. You just need to see God. You know, it's like such a kid's church question, like, can you see God? And like for most of people's lives, we say, no, of course not. You can laugh at me. But at this present moment in my life, my answer, can you see God? My answer is I better. I better. And I'm not gonna stop until I do and I'm not talking Oh glory in heaven one day no I mean in this situation I will search and look for God until I see his goodness in the land of the living because those that look for the Lord will renew their strength they'll mount up on wings as eagles they'll run and not grow weary they'll walk and not faint church when we see God in this life in our business in our finance in our marriage that's where our strength comes from I don't need to see a happy ending and everyone happy I need to see God glorified and if he can be glorified in my life that's all that it needs so God I'm gonna take my oil I'm gonna take my cake I'm gonna take my frustrated marriage my annoying kids my empty bank account and I'm gonna bring them all together and somehow somewhere I'll make you a cake I'll assemble a life that pleases you for your purpose and for your glory come on church if you believe it today, stand up on your feet. I proclaim over you for this year, you will run and not grow weary. You will run and not faint. You will take a city. You will mount up on wings as eagles because your hope is in God. If you believe it today. Stand- this concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, Click on the Give button at www.col.tv or text the dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.